0: Hello, wonderful person. I'm Cindy James. Welcome to the Cindy James podcast. My podcasts are designed to help you access and use untapped powers within you and around you so that you can literally have the time of your life while changing your world and the entire world. Welcome and enjoy. Ah, the power of the spoon. What kind of silly nonsense is this podcast title, The Power of the Spoon? Aren't there more intense and powerful things that I could be talking about? And I tell you, I think this might be one of the most enjoyable podcasts that I've ever prepared for. Any talk that I've ever prepared for. I love talking, obviously. I love sharing. But what I love most comes from this phrase that I heard, and I don't know who said it, it's a spiritual kind of quote, which I'm prone to liking. And it goes like this, all devotion leads to the one. All devotion leads to the one. The energy of being devoted to something leads us to that infinite one greater, all that is however you know the something more. And I have contemplated that for years. When I was young in the 70s, I was also young in the 60s and in the 80s and the 90s and eternally young now in the 2020s, I had a pet rock. I remember being in seventh grade and it was all the rage, a pet rock. I mean, these were things that you would buy, a pet rock. Like what a crazy great gimmick that was. I mean, the earth is just full of rocks, but we could buy a pet rock. And I remember really loving my pet rock. And when I heard that phrase well into my adulthood, probably into my thirties, that all devotion leads to the one, I thought about that pet rock. And I thought about how I felt about it and how I felt about my dolls or nature or whatever it might've been that I really enjoyed playing with and being with that wasn't a classic human being or some sort of greater God figure. And that's what the power of the spoon means to me, is that there is no subject on this planet that cannot lead us with awareness and with joy and with openness to the one. Like devotion leads to that sense of oneness, leads us to that infinite source. And so I'll tell you how the spoon became the title. I was talking to my creative force team and specifically with the amazing Jen August, about this podcast series and how it goes is it's called The Power of Series. And every month there's the power of the month. And also every month there's going to be a power of a topic. And Jen said, you could do whatever you want. It could be the power of the spoon. And I said, that's it. I'm going to talk about that there is nothing that doesn't have value and by the way there's nothing that really has value other than what we assign it. And that truth is I think one of the most powerful truths that we can come to understand that our perspective, that our assignment of value is what gives something value. In and of itself so many things that we assign value have no value. I mean, I like to speak blasphemy and heresy about money. Money, as I've been saying for decades, is not a thing. It's what people agree has power. Those squiggles on a screen or on paper or on coins only have the value that we ascribe to them, only have the power, the ability. So when we are bringing value to something, we have choice in what we value and we have choice in whether we suffer because of how we value it. That I believe is the underlying key to freedom on this planet, personally and globally, how we define what has power, what has value. So I'm going to talk about the value that I ascribe to, not just the spoon, the noun, but spoon, the verb. And first I'm going to go into the noun. Now, It is my experience that everything that I have ever put into my mouth on a spoon, other than horrific medicine, I find Robitussin terribly, terrible tasting. Sorry to the Robitussin people. Some people like it. But anything else that I have put on a spoon into my mouth has been something that has been nurturing and gives me pleasure, whether it is a delicious bowl of cereal whether cold or hot, whether it's wonderful soup or a great chili or ice cream for goodness sakes or yogurt or pudding or custard or whatever derivation of comfort, delicious food comes with a spoon that you don't need to stick it with a fork and you don't need to cut it with a knife. You just get to scoop it and put it in your mouth and the shape of a spoon it's, it's no danger to your mouth. A fork tine can do some damage. A knife also can. But a spoon, oh my goodness. And one of my favorite things to do, oh, sweet Lord, this is becoming a quite essential experience for Cindy Lou in this podcast, is when I put the spoon into something like a dark chocolate that has some sort of viscosity and sticking power to it, or honey is to turn it upside down and then lick that part, that soft part off with my tongue. I know I didn't invent that. I know that many of us do that. And in this moment, I'm gonna encourage you, if you have a spoon available, or you want to put your spoon into something delicious, oh my gosh, there's this new brand of cherry jelly from Whole Foods, Morello Morello Cherry Jam. Sometimes I just have a spoonful of that. It's like cherry pie in a bottle or in a jar. Ah, but I digress a bit. To let yourself enjoy the sensation of the tongue in the mouth, the tongue with the substance, the tongue with the spoon, and let yourself feel one of the great gifts of being an earthling and a human is to be able to enjoy what we put in to our mouths, and let our bodies assimilate it for the highest healing for ourselves. You know, it's such a tender thing too to be spoon-fed. Babies are spoon-fed. I remember with my babies the first time that they were getting their—I think it was rice cereal. I'm pretty sure that that's a no-no these days, but it was an interesting thing when a baby would first have a spoon put in the baby's mouth how the tongue would thrust it out like i don't want any parts of that in the beginning and then once the child learned how to receive nourishment that way not from just a breast or a bottle how they would be able to take that in and think we wouldn't be fork feeding a baby or knife feeding a baby we'd be spoon feeding a baby And i remember my oldest child my daughter michelle She loved baby plums, like pureed plums. And whenever I said plums, she would giggle with such delight. Like I had just said the funniest thing that could have ever been said. And I would just say plums. And she would giggle and delight in her high chair. And then I would give her a spoonful of it and she'd wait for me to say it again. See, aren't spoons amazing? It's leading me to the devotion to my children, to to feeding someone else and you know we also spoon feed people when they're sick that's why i won't eat cream of wheat by the way my mom used to um, fire up the cream of wheat when we were sick and i have an association to this day that i'm just not eating that stuff and uh, grits are in that category as well steel cut oatmeal totally okay but cream of wheat mm -mm, not going to do it i think i threw up cream of wheat more than any human being should have to But my precious mom, speaking of my precious mom, when she was getting ready to leave this realm, I remember that the last meal that she had when she was able to eat, which was about a day or a day and a half before she took her last breath, that I made her something that I knew she would have loved, an asparagus and fontina cheese ravioli in broth with little sprinkles of cheese on it. And I took a spoon with that broth and little bits of it and mashed it a bit for her and put it in her mouth. And in this moment, I can still see her. She was in my youngest child's bedroom. We had set up hospice for her there. And I can see her enjoying that. And I was very well aware that it might be one of her last meals and it turned out to be her last meal. And so I think of the power of the spoon that we can nourish one another at the most tender times, whether it's being a new baby, or someone who's struggling with an illness, or someone who's getting ready to leave their form. And that the spoon is a gentle way to introduce nourishment. And again, put for castor oil or whatever horrible remedies we might have had that were also very good for us. I, I know and I'm sure of that in many instances that the spoon is just incredible. I mean, we lick the spoon when someone makes cake or a batter. My offspring have been denied that. I am told, and I fully own, I am a cook extraordinaire, and I can make the most delicious meals. I just made a broccoli soup in the bullet, which was more like a light broccoli foam with a type of mushroom that I don't even know what it was with little diced jalapeno in it in with garlic and olive oil that then I put that into the broccoli soup and just swirled it around and I want to tell you that was crazy delicious and nutritious and I ate it with a spoon and it was so delicious and my I made it for my sister who is visiting as well and she had what looked like maybe some anaphylactic shock. I don't know why I'm laughing because anaphylactic shock is very serious and people I've loved have skedaddled to the other side from that. And so we quickly got some Benadryl and put that in a spoon for her. It turned out that the the diced jalapenos were a little too spicy and once we added some avocado and some lemon juice, it was just perfect. But this licking the spoon business when it comes to sweets, I am not a baker. I have tried. I tried for years and uh, my blessed children didn't get a lot of experience of licking the spoon or the spatula from the kitchen made mixer as a matter of fact the kitchen made mixer that I received as a gift for my wedding shower in 1990 I just now in what year is it 2022 gave it to my daughter um, who wanted it because she is a baker but I would lick that spoon with a really good gravy or an amazing stew and so the power of the spoon is a light-hearted way to bring me and us into what I really want to talk about and it's the power of the verb spoon and it might seem silly like spooning and people make jokes about spooning but I believe that that sensation is one of the most nurturing, comforting peaceful, loving experiences that a human can have. And if you think about it, it starts in utero. We all come by the vehicle of a woman's womb, a woman's uterus, at least at this point in scientific development. And there is a time and place in that nine-month-ish gestational period where we become so snug as a bug in a rug in that womb, in that perfect liquid of the amniotic fluid which is the pH of 9 plus and if you've heard of all the rage about alkalinity and pH water I know that it helps us in our full energy like an energizer alkaline battery like a new baby in utero forming to have that kind of alkaline environment especially when so much can be acidic once we're out of the womb, but once we're in there and we're growing and we curl in fetal position, we have on our back the muscles of that beautiful, powerful uterus, that muscle that stretches way beyond its tiny form to host the growing new life that hosted you. In this moment, Can you just imagine that you're remembering how it felt to be held so snugly, so warmly, to be fed through the umbilical cord directly into your belly, to have your mother's heartbeat constantly beating with you? She's there all the time, never not there. Can you let yourself imagine slash remember, imagine, remember how 100% totally cared for you were in that moment, in those many moments? We do have cellular memory, and although our cells have regenerated many times, Since that period of time, there is an energetic imprint and memory that exists with us now. And that we can call on to not just nurture us, but to hold us in our times of need and in our times of great joy and in our times of mediocrity or middle ground or so-so. And that we have that ability with other human beings to model that feeling of being held. There's a song by Faith Hill called Breathe, which is one of my most favorite songs ever. And I most clearly remember it when a dear friend of mine played it for me in her home. She has a beautiful home and wonderful children who call me Auntie Cinderella. But whenever I think of the song Breathe by Faith Hill, I think of her playing it in that magical home that she's created for her family. And some of the words go like this, and I'm not going to try to sing it. I like to sing other songs, but Faith Hill, I don't have her range for sure. But the words are lying wrapped up in your arms, the whole world just fades away. And the only thing I hear is the beating of your heart. It's just, it's the magic. You know, the song begins with, I can feel the magic floating in the air. So let yourself be in a magical air setting right now. Magic floating in the air all around you. And connecting with your breath right now, too, taking deep breaths in and out. And call to mind and call to sensation the experience that you've had of being held in that way. Whether you're holding a baby curled up in your arms, or laying on a bed and having them curled side to side, or whether it's been with a lover whether you're holding them in that way with your arms wrapped around their chest and their belly or you've been held in that way with the whole back behind someone and the knees curled behind you and the hands coming through your chest or your breasts or your belly and feeling them breathe feeling their heartbeat feeling the warmth and the tenderness and the exquisiteness of being held in this way. Perhaps you've held animals like that, cats or dogs or other animals. Perhaps you've climbed into the hospital bed of someone you've loved as they were sick or perhaps even getting ready to transition and just held them. I've had that experience with my little ones when they were in the hospital usually for croup and I had that experience with my mom in her hospital bed and I most recently had that experience when one of my two precious doggies was getting ready to leave this realm and I just laid on the floor curled up in fetal and brought him into my belly and just held him and told him how much I loved him and what a beautiful experience his life was and how well done it was and he'd gone through so much pain and it wasn't going to last much longer. That's the beauty of holding someone like that or something or being held. There's a line in the Catholic Mass, about Christ. And it's coming to me right now. And it goes something like this. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us peace. And in this moment, I feel that You know, that picture that's depicted of many spiritual beings, including Christ, of holding an animal, a lamb or a goat, holding some sort of animal. And I feel that right now, like whatever the sins of the world are, the word sin comes from archery and it means to miss the mark. And I think we miss the mark that when we forget that we're all from some great oneness, we have that within us. And we have the ability to love each other with such compassion and mercy and incredible pleasure and devotion that will help us, lead us, guide us to that merging with the one, the finding home that we all seek. And so continuing to breathe in this moment into your body and recalling these experiences and perhaps even now an experience that i have been giving myself for the past many years is one of holding myself like that of laying on my side and holding my arms up one hand between my breasts one around my belly holding myself and imagining that the greater, how I know the greater. I always love to do a litany. God, Great Spirit, Jesus, Buddha, Baba, universe, love, angels, science, whatever word works for you. But for me in this, in this type of experience, I imagine how I know God personified, holding me and whispering into my neck, into my ear, Cindy, I love you. I love you, Cindy. And can you imagine that right now being held or even being held by me and me saying to you with your name, I love you. I love you. I've got you. I've got us. on behalf of that greater force within us and around us. And if you haven't recently, and you have the opportunity, if you have the great blessing to have humans in your life with the kind of intimacy that the willingness to love unconditionally brings, if you have someone that's willing to do that, contemplate holding them, and if they have long hair, gently moving their hair, letting yourself feel with your lips, the back of their neck and saying to them, calling them by name, I love you. I've got you. I've got us. Or letting someone do that to you. Even asking them to one of my favorite things that I've loved to do is to have someone kiss their hand while I kiss the very back of their neck. And it gives the sensation of kissing the own, your own back of your neck. Again, it's an extraordinarily intimate thing to do. But I like the word, the root of the word intimacy when it, it's taken apart. It's not really the actual Latin root, but it's into me I see into my eternal heart, into my devotion that leads to the one. So if you have willing partners or, or even children kiss, have them kiss their hand while you kiss the very back of their neck, imagining that it's an extraordinary feeling and it's nurturing and it's playful. And I think that time being spooned, whether it's in the womb of the mother, or you're holding your child as they sleep, or caressing a lover, or being caressed, or holding someone when they're not feeling well, or even getting ready to drop their form. This experience of loving in the body, which is our birthright, it is our soul right to come here, and to experience love, the sensations, in this dense form we call a body. But it's a dense form full of light. If you can give yourself that experience, and even with that Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world, the pain of the world, to just radiate right now into everyone and everything. I love you you matter. And sharing with anyone that may be suffering is that that feeling won't last forever. That there is more within us, within you, within me, within them, within everyone, that we could possibly ever imagine in one moment alone, but that we can fathom and literally know in the eternal present moment and in this eternal now in this present moment let love wash through your being let it envelop you let it hold you so secure let the whole world fade away Let yourself feel your own heartbeat and the heartbeat of the universe beating in time, in rhythm to your deepest, truest, loving self. Thank you so much for being with me in this intimate, playful and deeply meaningful devotional experience. And let this experience be offered for the upliftment of everyone and everything. Love and blessings, dear wonderful person. If you enjoyed this episode, wonderful person, and you'd like to share the love, the power, and the possibilities. Please post about it on social media and share it with your people. I'd really appreciate that. And to find out more about the Galactic Council of Women, all genders welcome, or how to join or work with me one-on-one, go to galacticcounciljoin.com.